Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's a floating head with a gun. It's one of two things. It's Steve Austin or Rayman. This means tonic trouble for you. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 7th of September in the year of our Lord 2000. Madonna music, which is either the song that goes, do what you like, boogie boogie, or the song that goes, ride in the punani. (laughs) Depending on what you remember, about the music video. <laughs> that was the video with Ali G in it. That's right. And for a while, that was all people knew about him in America. It's like Madonna's friend, Ali G. <laughs> he complimented her on her Babylons. That's right. What a time that was. <laughs> That's right. And he became that guy who did that crap song with Shaggy. So, anyway, that is number one in the UK charts. Then one film in the box office, Snatch. Nice. Nice. Good film, that. Very much like it. The last film Guy Ritchie did before uh, that person ruined him. Who was it? Oh, Madonna. Ali G. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Madonna. That's right. So Life is a mystery. (laughs) Sing When You're Winning is still number one in the album charts. And that's the one. That's a Rod Williams album with Rock DJ, Supreme, Let Love Be Your Energy, and better, so yeah, all right, cool. Well done, mate. That is your WrestleMania X7. Um, oh, let love be your energy, as the WrestleMania X7 soundtrack would have been divine. <laughs> Sod my way. If you're willing to change the world, let love that. As Rock and Austin are fighting, amazing. I don't want to beat you, Rock. Rock, DJ. DJ, because his initials are Dave Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Because this not isn't Dave about Deborah. <laughs> Bam, she's not a factor. Factor. DJ. DJ. <laughs> Let's do a sit-down interview with Jim. And Spider-Man. I'll turn heel in Texas. <laughs> Spider-Man for the PS1 slash Dreamcast slash N64 comes out. This is the one that used the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater engine. That's the really good Spider-Man game, as people remember it. Ah. But there's been a bunch since, but this was the first time in a while that people went, wow, this Spider-Man game's pretty cool. And uh, They would only they... get better as well. Exactly. The BBC has given its permission for the Teletubbies to be used in promotional material for a controversial, uh, controversial wind farm in Wales in order to help win over critics. 
I thought that was worth mentioning because it's only <laughs> noteworthy thing in the news. But this mix of pop culture at this time, for myself, paints a very clear picture of where I was during this time in sunny Northampton. It is crazy that I remember all those things and going, wow, that was on the radio, that was on TV, those are the adverts, that was the game. And it's crazy. So I like doing these bits, if nothing else. Just remind me what I was doing, who I was listening to, and what films I was allowed to see back then. Ah. But that was all the things happening in the crazy world of reality. What was happening in the crazy world, the crazy normal world, I guess, of the WWF? I don't know, but I do know a man who does. His <laughs> name is Tom Campbell, and he has a podcast called The Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review, which you listen to right now. Let's ask him how he's doing. How are you doing, Tom? It's your podcast as well. I know, but I like that intro. We share it. It's nice. I like it. Thank you. I'm fine. I was starting college in this particular week, in the year of our Lord 2000. Ooh. I was heading into college to do... I had to I had to reset my maths exam uh, because I, I didn't get a C or above. So I was given this college uh, agreement to come and do media studies and... Um, I did AS Law. I did law at college. I did a module in law randomly. I just was intrigued. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I was there for the media studies. Oh, excuse me. I was there for the media studies. And uh, I had to. I made the agreement that I would reset my maths exam in my first month and get it up to a C. And then I did. And I got a D again. So I had to do another six months of GCSE maths before I finally got a C grade. I tell you what, the day I got that C grade... That was that was rock winning the title at backlash levels of joy. <laughs> the day I finally got a C in maths. So what's happened since is, I guess due to age, I don't know why, but my brain has become much better at maths than when I was 16 years old. Oh, that's oh, good. Which is good. And also, we live in an era now where you don't necessarily need all the things that you're taught in maths to get on all right in life. They tell you, well, you need to do long division. What if you get a job in a shop? Well, I'll just work it out on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that was where I just, as you were talking about, oh, this is where I was in the year of our Lord. I was thinking, oh, yeah, this was the year I was starting college. I was, uh, it was, it was a good time. But back in 2021, uh, 37 year old Tom this week is overtired and overstimulated after a lot of wrestling. But this is going out on the Saturday. So by this point, I've caught up on a lot of much needed sleep. But, oh, I tell you what, I am uh, WW. I, I was explaining it to Alex and how I think because Alex has just spent Simi spent the last week watching me work night shifts and long hours and stuff, and she was like, "You don't normally do this much. Is this what's? Is this the future from now on?" I said, "No, you don't understand. Like normally, WWE they'll do a takeover, an NXT takeover on a Saturday night and WrestleMania on a Sunday night. It's a weekend. Happy days. No, not in 2021, you sucker." Take over mm. night one. Take over night two. <laughs> Raw right. and SmackDown either side. WrestleMania night one. WrestleMania night two. And I was like, it's, do it's done now. I won't be doing any more silly night shifts until probably SummerSlam, where we'll do all this nonsense again. Yeah, but that's but forever. That's da forever. That'll never come round. It's fine. <laughs> That'll never come round. Uh, so overtired this week and it was the weeks at the pub the week that the pubs reopened in the uk for outdoor drinking and i've had a few people message me saying hey you coming to the pub i'm like do you know what i just want to sleep all i want to do is sleep uh, i have no interest in going to the pub just yet don't and, and i've been desperate for a beer garden pint for months but i think because wrestlemania week has happened and you know what 
I'll stop talking about that there because I know that pretty much every podcast that wrestling fans listen to uh, is starting with the presenters talking about how tired they are. So I won't. I'll be the less obscure company and I'll say, Matthew, I'm all right. We've had a lovely time. What did you make of WrestleMania? I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. Night one especially. Oh, they yeah. Kept, they kept all the crap for the tag team turmoil match. Everything else, even crap like Shane versus Braun, was decent. It was very decent. Braun looked strong, destroyed everybody. Shane lost. Fine. Fine. Mm. Didn't care about any of the paint or the ba-ba-ba-dum stuff they did to begin with it. But they did it. It ended. And that's it. Fantastic. No no complaints whatsoever. When it's good, it's good. And uh, night two, a bit less so, but still, overall, I like the idea of there being WrestleMania in two bits. Originally did not like the idea, but with there being different divisions that WWE should care about, and by which I mean the women's divisions, uh, not the women's tag. Don't be absurd. What the hell is wrong with you? As I said on a thing, they should just... Shayna Baszler should be drafted to the women's division and all of the women's tag division should be drafted to NXT UK. So, <laughs> apart from that, no, pleasantly surprised, a lot of wrestling to watch, but I wasn't sick of any of it by the end. I wasn't no. like, oh, God, will this end? I was like, oh, oh, we're near the main event already, are we? You all actually right, left cool. us wanting a bit more. Yeah, Which I wanted Hogan to get want. booed even more. <laughs> Fantastic. I, and then I Monday Night Raw has come back on, and uh, I'm like, oh, back, back to the crap, back mm. to the crap. That's fine. Hey, that's not a problem. What are we doing, Tom? We're talking about modern wrestling. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Oh, yeah, we disgusting. are in the wrong Quick, let's, let's have a quick shower. Let's just tell people two seconds. You can do that uh, Price is Right Jeopardy music. And we'll no, no, back. We'll no, as, uh, no. As we tend to do now in wrestling, anytime there is a there is a heavy shower, we all have to riff promos for 40 minutes. <laughs> that's the thing we do now. <laughs> uh, no, 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 Tom. Some of us just steal people's images that they make on Twitter and claim it as their own. <laughs> Hey, you know you th- you know you made a good meme when somebody sends you a DM going, "I saw this and I thought you'd make you smile." It's your sort of humour. It's like, yeah, I made it. That's why it's my humour. You lovely friend, thank you. Uh, that was the thing that happened. True story. Yeah. Bless. Anyway, let's talk about wrestling from the year of our Lord two thousand instead. Yay. We're not here to talk about the modern stuff. We go back Ooh. twenty years in our lugs powered DeLorean. It says on the podcast description. Yay. So Three years ago, <laughs> the stars are the same as they are today. <laughs> The stars will come out tomorrow. Uh, so, um, Matthew will talk us through the rigours of this week's episode of SmackDown in just a short amount of time. But let me paint a picture of the wrestling landscape for you, uh, particularly in Western uh, civilization this year. Um, I tell you what, both WCW and WWF are vying for a major match to go down on one of their pay-per-views. That being the match between Susan Hawke and Kelly Wigglesworth from season one of Survivor. I know. Let me explain. I had to jump to Reddit for this, Matthew, because I'm not an avid watcher of Survivor, unless you are. Uh, No, Tom, I don't want to step on any toes. (laughs) So, season one of Survivor. Uh, There was a few notable relationships in that season, the most dramatic of which was Sue Hawke and Kelly Wigglesworth. So early in the season, uh, Stacey, Kelly and Sue, they got together to vote out Rudy 
Uh, Sue was, was was kind of in on this alliance, uh, but all the while she was having secret conversations with Rich to get rid of Stacy. The first real case of backstabbing in Survivor. She was very much the nasty Nick of American reality television. Uh, the two women, Kelly and uh, Kelly and Sue, blew up at each other in a disagreement over voting strategy. Uh, eventually, they agreed to get along, but all the while, they were both plotting each other's demise throughout the series. Uh, it got down to the finals. Kelly uh, gets the finals. Sue gives her this big old speech, uh, which was just all about how much she hated Kelly. Sue was very bitter and angry at this point. It was, again, the first time on Survivor somebody was openly insulting another player to this level. Sue was berating Kelly for stabbing her in the back and pleading with the jury to let Rich win and not her. Uh, Sue then tried to make herself the victim in all of this. Uh, nobody paid attention to her. It was a real bitter reality show bust up. And again, unlike anything else, since then, this is kind of par for the course with reality TV. You have these big blow-ups for her... For for ratings but this was very unheard of at this point and the rivalry between susan hawk and kelly wigglesworth from survivor was so hot in the mainstream that both the wwf and wcw had been in conversations with respective agents to try and book the match on one of their shows uh-huh mm-hmm. that was the thing that was a thing. And neither of us have watched Survivor, so neither of us have got a real opinion on it. But it's nice to give you a little bit of love in the year of our law 2000. Here's something you will have an opinion on, Matthew. The natural born thrillers in WCW. Yay! <laughs> so, um, some facts about this. They're currently doing um, an angle with Paul Orndorff. Dave Meltzer says that the Orndorff angle has roots in what is a shoot to the extent that the thrillers are very negative about Paul Orndorff and Sarge Dwayne Bruce because of the way they've been trained in the power plant, uh, pushing them to borderline torture as part of their training. Um, so this is so the big news from this is not only do they the, the story they're currently running have some legitimate history, but also Dave this week has discovered that backstage... The natural-born thrillers are being called by their peers in the locker room. They're being called Gang Green. <laughs> oh. Which is just beautiful. <laughs> oh. You know what? I was about to say, oh, it's based on something that happened, and I'm like, oh, really? Is this Russo in the year 2000? Wow, hey, get ready for the self-masturbatory internet stuff. And then, wait, Gang Green. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. I think they should have called them that on telly, Gang Green. <laughs> Yeah, we are, we are gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the, do you ever see the, the match they had? Uh, I think it was, oh, which one is it? I may, may have passed in the time we're doing this, but there's a four-way tag match on pay-per-view with the Natural Born Thrillers as the guest referee, enforcer, whatever, and Conan is the commentator. And he absolutely rags on the Natural Born Thrillers the entire time. It's and he's there, like, instead of, like, being a good commentator and put them over, Conan's like, woof, these guys are just terrible. These guys are just not ready to be here. I mean, look at them, the timing's off and everything. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't it a thing? It's really a thing. It's very much a thing. What can you do? Hey, they all went on to great success. Uh, 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 what's the next bit of news, Tom? <laughs> okay, uh, moving on uh, to the rest of the news. Um, Bill Goldberg got himself into uh, a little bit of a a thing backstage. Speaking of green, go on. <laughs> uh, so 
uh, Goldberg, fresh off the plane from doing uh, some promo in the UK ahead of a WCW tour, is in a bit of a grumpy mood. And he got into an altercation before Nitro with Evan Courageous. Oh, God, I've heard the story. So let me run you through. Yeah, I'll run you through what happened. (laughs) Now, Dave says, according to the report we received, Goldberg was having a little chat with Kevin Nash backstage. Evan Courageous comes up to shake his hand. Goldberg's hand was otherwise occupied. And Courageous said, oh, it's okay. You don't need to shake my hand. Goldberg, who had just flown in from England and was short-tempered, got mad, thinking that Courageous was dissing him and told Courageous to leave. Courageous, thinking Goldberg was only kidding him, since he was only kidding about the handshake thing, didn't leave. Goldberg then snatched at Courageous, including supposedly ripping the necklace off him and scaring him half to death. Goldberg later on apologised, but Courageous would not accept the apology. Some of the wrestlers told Courageous to keep it quiet to protect Goldberg, although I'm sure everyone will deny any tie-in. Another planned situation where Chronic was going to mop the floor with three count on Thunder was changed to three count laying out Chronic. Of course, when Chronic got the script, as you can imagine, they complained about it being changed from what they were originally told, and so that wasn't the case but um goldberg and courageous <laughs> in a little bit backstage is this how you heard it the icp tell this story because they were there and they said they were chilling out with her and courageous like by, behind the guardrail before nitro came on the air goldberg showed up and goldberg did the thing where he put his hands down his pants and had a bit of a scratch or a tug or whatever he was doing and then so everyone was like oh hey man like shake my hand Evan and Evan was like, "No, you just touch your balls. There's balls sweat over your hands. I'm not sweating your hands." And Goldberg's like, "How dare you not want to shake my hand after I've done this?" And then he, yeah, got nice. He like slammed him on the floor. <laughs> and Kevin's like, "You saw that, right? You saw you. You'll, you'll back me up if I go to them." And I should be like, "Whoa, we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything." <laughs> but yeah, apparently that was the reason why it's uh, got an ICP who could always be trusted for. If not a truthful story, then a funny story. A good story, if nothing else. There are a lot of people just go around scratching their balls like it's nothing. They're like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, whoa, whoa. Lawsuit mania. Two stories based on lawsuits for you, Matthew, Greg. Um, the lawsuit filed by WWF against WCW uh, has been settled out of court. What lawsuit is this? Well... Remember when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash joined WCW in 1996? And WWF went, no, stop it, because they're acting like Diesel and Razor Ramon and they're ours and you can't... That's only just been settled out of court. There's now no outstanding legal issues between WCW and WWF. Uh, this but... was, it took ages to get to this point. Is, I'm amazed. Isn't this, if I'm incorrect, please let me know, isn't this... What had the thing where, okay, thanks for setting this out of court. One of the things to sell out of court was if WWE was up for sale, then they would get first dibs. Am I getting that wrong? Oh, I mean, possibly, but I don't have that in my notes, so I wouldn't like to say otherwise. No worries. I mean, that could be. I mean, when you look at the timeline of events, like we're talking about this in September and WCW gets bought in March, um, possible. Yeah. That could be something in it. Um, how's this for a bit of foreshadowing? The lawsuit filed by the World Wildlife Fund over the World Wrestling Federation 
has been getting a lot of press this week, uh, in which the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund, uh, is suing the World Wrestling Federation for allegedly breaching an agreement they had in 1994 about appropriate use of the WWF and the use of those initials, initials in forms of marketing. Now, this is uh, something that's been rolling along for a couple of weeks, but a lot of the press are just picking this up. World Wildlife Fund had an agreement with the WWF that they would only use their initials to a limited capacity, and now WWF, the World Wildlife Fund, feel that the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, are overstepping that agreement. We will see what happens from here. What we will see in the early stages is more reference in literature to WWFE, World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. You see this at the end of some of the uh, the credit cards, the credit uh, things at the end of each show, those little show cards in the bottom right corner. I forgot what they're called. Um, you'll see a little bit of that, and you'll see a lot more on press statements. They refer to themselves as World Wrestling Federation Entertainment, which is a, a way of trying to smooth things over between them and the World Wildlife Fund. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on this over the next couple of years, I think. Yeah, it's it's great. It doesn't often often happen when WF has absolutely no defense. Everything that they said is like, you said you would do this, yes. You said you would put your name as the World Wrestling Federation and not just the initials WWF, yes. And you said you would you would only do this in America, you wouldn't do this in Europe, yes. And then they proceeded to do none of those things. They hadn't got a, a chance in court when the World Wide Fund came for them. So they're like, all right, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Just complete poo housery from WWF. The wrestling people. Yeah, the not the animal people. Not the animal people. Not not the panda people. Uh, a few booking things to let you know about before we move into the wrestling for the week. Uh, there is talk, and I love this. So there's been a lot of conversations about Scott Levy coming in, aka Raven, um, looking as if he signed already, just waiting on a debut very very soon. There is talk of linking Raven up with Kane as some kind of mentor and the reason that he turned back heel. So there is some potential behind the scenes to have a storyline where Kane reveals that Raven has been in his ear and is guiding his career. You know what? I bloody love that. Imagine that. Yeah, I can see that working as uh, some sort of giant monster dude to do his bidding and Kane not realise and yeah. Trust me, Jake Roberts. Blah, blah, blah. Mm, yeah, that sort of Jake Roberts vibe. If anyone could pull that off, it's going to be Raven. Uh, will that happen? We will see. Also, one more final little bit. With any luck, he'll be out of that flat in no time. Maybe while maybe while he's up and about, he might look for the card for his skybox as the Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington, has been oh. apparently approached to appear at the WWF pay-per-view in September in Sheffield because it's only half an hour from his house. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'd love to see Dynamite Kid at a WWF show in 2000. I hope that is definitely happening. <laughs> <sighs> I've not been able to watch for a while. I've not paid me Sky Box Office. <laughs> it would have been so utterly, utterly sad. So it doesn't happen. What? No, they got Whoa! the dirt bike kid instead. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Give us the dirt bike kid. The dirt, yeah, the dirt bike me. kid, and there's no pop whatsoever. He goes, you know, the guy that great Sasuke beat the hell out of Oh, the dirt bike kid! 
<laughs> the dirt bikes are on me. Um, <laughs> let's throw it over to Matthew Gregg. He is going to talk us through this week's episode of Smackdown on UPN. Thank you. No dramatic recap. Just witty wee, witty woo. We're in Louisville, Kentucky. But never mind all that, we have... Louis D... Louis wee, 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 woo-ville. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind that. Stone Cold is here tonight with a special message. (laughs) Also, Rikishi versus Road Dog. Sorry, is it? I've got Eddie versus Road Dog as well. Why have I written that twice? That's horrible, Matthew. (laughs) Uh, Triple H versus TNA. The APA versus the Dudley Boys in a barroom brawl. And those are matches being announced as the show starts. That's new. Here's the thing. I think this is the one week where we did need a what happened on Raw. Because it just it, I had to stop the episode for a second and go, have I have I got the right one here? Because I feel like lots yeah. has happened. Like too much has happened. Where it's like, oh, there's a new Intercontinental Champion. Oh, there's uh, Austin's talking. Oh, okay, all these things. Like, it just feels like a lot happened, but apparently it's all in order. We didn't miss one. They could have done with a recap for this one, I think. You're right. Plenty of stuff gets recapped during the Raw, but, you know, I like those 20-minute bits where they do the promo and the guys come out and they reiterate the things and stuff. But it doesn't matter because right now, Michael Cole starts the show. Boo. And he says, uh, Joe Lawler isn't here tonight. He's got attacked by Taz on Raw. But, oh, wait, here's Lawler's music right now. Here he could. Hey, that's no king. That's Taz. He's a king, all right. The <laughs> he one looks you see like the, the king board. of England. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I talked all over your gag then. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> He's a king, all right. The one on the chessboard. There we go. <laughs> and tonight marks the SmackDown debut of Taz commentating with Michael Cole. And it's funny because he still has his tough guy voice on. Ha ha, that'd change. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Cole, in Brooklyn, we do the thing and the thing. You know, later on, it's just like, ha ha ha, let the pigeons loose like a small foreign car, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Jericho, with a giant ass hockey shirt, takes on X-Pac, who has no hockey shirt. Jericho has the advantage the entire match until X-Pac kicks him on the floor with those educated feet from Brooklyn U, I imagine. But it doesn't matter because the match is all about Taz telling Cole that he sucks and he's surprised that WWF pay him. <laughs> it's a pretty good match here because Jericho and x always had good matches. The Lion Salt gets knees. The match ends after x gets a low blow and turns a backslide into a win that was supposed to be using the ropes, but he's too far away and misses them, which Taz points out, but Cole insists he did use the ropes. <laughs> so Taz is already outclassing Cole in his very first time commentating. <laughs> Bless Michael Cole. He's just trying to keep toe the company line, but Taz is just like, no, he didn't use them. He didn't use the ropes. You idiot. I, I do love, even in 2000, he's a heel because he's telling the truth. <laughs> is this, this is the first time we see Taz as a commentator, isn't it? It is, yes. He's great. Mm. Now, now, I would say, like, I'll give like a general grade on his performance, and we'll talk about it more as we go through, but... Apart from having to dial it back a touch, I think he's brilliant. I think he's great. I think he's a revelation. I think I think I almost I'm almost sad that he went out and did this because I think it was this night that ended his in ring career. 
for the WWF because they went, well, we've got this guy we can't be asked to get behind as a wrestler, but he talks really good and we could do with another commentator. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, Lawler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lawler. Yeah, because right now he's just doing the stuff for the Lawler feud, but he would get really good. Mm. As we'll see later on. <laughs> Backstage, Kurt Angle goes to see Mick Foley who still has his beads around his neck from a month ago, the tight get. And Kurt compliments them as they look like his own gold medals. Mick Foley no-sells his attempts at compliments because he's been reading a book about subliminal messages and he knows Kurt wants a match with Undertaker tonight. And you know what? Mick's so nice he'll give him it. Kurt leaves and then says he lied about the beads. <laughs> what a heel. Edge and Christian are here and Edge has a purple beard. Bloody hell. Were Nintendo sponsoring him like Des Lynam? <laughs> throwback to three people. You're welcome. Uh, they're <laughs> they bragging about their victory. Thank you. They're bragging about. Oh, this is a tremendous segment. They're bragging about their victory on Raw against the Rock and Undertaker, or as we like to call them, the Rocker Taker. Edgy Christian <laughs> talk about the history of Louisville, and the crowd cheer at the mention of their area like big dummies. <laughs> Tell me you wrote like big dummies. Yeah. They go, Louisville. Yay. <laughs> Edge waits a few seconds, just grinning ear to ear like, oh, you fools. Like Edge explains soap was introduced in 1996. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> They're booing soap. Speaking of soap. <laughs> They're sad that soap was invented. We <laughs> like being dirty, you bastards. Speaking of soap, let's see that clean win over the Rock and Undertaker on Raw in slow motion, and they play it. And it's like, and the Michael calls there for like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, where's the bit where they hit them with a chair? It was a tainted victory, and they go crowd chants, Rocky, Rocky, and it says, no, no, this ain't about us. Oh, what the hell? Yes, it is. Let's see that pin again, and they play it from another angle, and they go, you know what? I could tell you people want this one more time. And three times they're going to play this pin over The Rock. And then The Rock actually appears and he demands Edgy Christian tonight. Edgy Christian asks ask if The Rock can smell that. It's us. Totally <laughs> reeking of awesomeness. Rock says no. They smell of Kentucky Fried Horse bleep. <laughs> I don't know why I said bleep. Very weird. Edgy Christian want the handicap match. But they want to be in the ring both at the same time. The Rock accepts. Thing. All right, and Edge Christian also want Rock's title on the line as well. Rock thinks about it and says no problem. And the Rock takes out the invisible crystal ball that only the Rock can see. He sees Edge. He sees Christian. They're still tag champs. It's still a little foggy. Rock shakes the ball. Ah, there it is. It's, it's, it's the Rock whooping both their candy asses all over Louisville. If you smell... Paint by numbers, rock promo, but that's a 9 out of 10 on his worst day, so who cares? <laughs> Edge and Christian here, like on Monday Night Raw, scored the win in the promo department against The Rock. What do you think, Tom? Loved it. I think there was something quite tantalising about the idea of an Edge versus Rock showdown. I know this happened in, like, 98 on a random episode of Raw, but, like, the idea of, of Rock versus Edge was quite intriguing. 
as a one-on-one thing. Obviously, we're getting it in handicap form. Apparently. Uh, but yeah, a, a very safe promo by The Rock. But just nice to see The Rock mixing it up with Edge and Christian. Like, Rock, Rock did a really good job at this point of of working with as many people as he could as champion. Like while on top, he was he was giving the rub to loads of people. Not in that way. Like hey. like Benoit and Angle, now Edge and Christian. Like there was there was a certain level of uh, caliber of talent that Rock was getting in there and getting amongst it with. Yeah. Al Snow. Al Val Snow. V. Oh wait, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, he's not Spartacus. <laughs> Backstage, Steph gives Triple H a hug and tells him, good luck against Test and Albert. <laughs> Steph, I, don't know, I don't know why Steph, the way you said that made me laugh. <laughs> Triple H replies, Steph, it's Test. It'll be easier than the opening level of Yoshi's Storm. <laughs> Test appears, kicking the door with his feet and has an axe and goes, that's my joke, I'll kill you. No, Test appears at the door with an axe and says, how did you get past level one? <laughs> level one would imply the existence of a level two Triple H and I've never seen it and I've owned the game for years. <laughs> Edge is, like, Edge is like, hey, hey, jokes on, jokes on him, Albert. I traded in Yoshi's Island for Blastcore. <laughs> <laughs> Albert buries his head in his hands because he is, of course, a Sega Saturn owner. Mm. Blastcore, is that the one where there's a giant object heading towards things and you have to get rid of them? No, silly, that's your head. <laughs> Or Majora's Mask. <laughs> oh, wow, you hit me with two N64 references. Thanks, <laughs> Test. And I understood zero of them. Keep on talking, you broken nose idiot. Not this now, I've got test. to go see Triple H with my axe. Test, what, Albert? Test, you're sponsored by Yoshi's Story because you can both suck eggs. <laughs> No, Tess, come back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll let you use me rumble pack. Hey, uh, hey, Albert, I'm like a dusty cartridge that won't start. You could blow me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat that. Let's move on to the next segment. All right, Albert. <laughs> Acolytes wait for the Dudleys to show up as we get explained that Kai and Ty tried to help the Acolytes on Raw against the Dudleys, which ended with Bradshaw going through a table. Well done, Naka Michinoku. <laughs> Naka Michinoku! <laughs> Poor Taka. Naka. Naka. Rikishi is here against Benoit. Doesn't take long for Rikishi to go for the ass. But Benoit escapes to the outside and dubs Kishi in the ring steps. Benoit is clearly nuts, giving Air Canada to a Samoan's head, but he's surprised when he kicks out. Northern Lights suplex gets two. Very impressive spot from Benoit. Completely ruined because Taz insults Cole as he calls it a German. And I've written here in caps locks, tell him Taz. <laughs> Benoit tries a sunset flip, but Kishi uses the ass to pin him. But Chris somehow kicks out of the ass. With Benoit's size and Kishi's ass, it looked like the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm running the right nut. 
comes Chris Jericho to take his shoes off. Yeah. Bill Buchanan tries to interfere, but it's simply a diversion for the good father, who takes a pounding in order for Benoit to somehow German suplex Rikishi to win. Woof, typed in. <laughs> right to censor, try to censor Kishi's the ass, but Too Cool makes a save by getting beat down by right to censor. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> I put here, they're not too cool anymore. They're now the Lugs Warriors. Because they, they just turn up in all branded Lugs gear <laughs> just to get a beat in. I can't imagine that the head office of Lugs, the, 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 cha- the chairman of the board, Malcolm Lug, is is going to be happy when he sees that. Like, his brand getting beaten up on national television. Did you call the owner of Lugs the head Lug? <laughs> Yeah, Malcolm Lug. <laughs> Ma- Malcolm Lug, aka the, <laughs> the big Lug. The Lug hole. Malcolm Lug. That's who runs Lugs, Malcolm Lug. <laughs> Lug Buchanan to his friends. <laughs> which suggests which does suggest that Lugs should have an apostrophe in it, but it doesn't. <laughs> it should be Lug apostrophe Z. Because they are the shoes that belong to Malcolm Lug. Oh, like Greg's. Like the Greg's. Lugs. Oh. <laughs> the Lugs. They belong to Malcolm Lug. And all the other Lugs is when they go places, they go Lug. Like, how do you spell it? You know, like the, the famous shoe franchise. Oh, I see. Oh, you L-U-G. You free shoes when you go in. Yeah, that, that's right. That's how it works. The birthright. What uh, so, yeah. to Lugs? <laughs> what is Lugs? Maybe don't, don't hurt me. me. <laughs> oh, no. Ding. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Tom, Tom, Hadaway. Hey. hey! What did you think of this match? There was a lot of stuff going on. Ah, it was fine. Benoit and Rikishi have a nice little bit of chemistry. Um, I'm a big fan of... Um, I'm a big fan of Rider Sensor still. So I enjoy their work. And I liked the Lugs attire. I'm distracted because I've just read... In 2010, Cain Velasquez became the newest endorser of Lugs. <laughs> no. All right, two seconds. Immediately after signing Cain Velasquez, Velasquez fought to become the UFC World Heavyweight Champion. Lugs made Velasquez the UFC champion. <laughs> I am looking now at the list okay. of, of Lugs endorsers. Lugs. And it is a who's who of the light entertainment world. Oh my god, I can see the yeah. It's the same logo. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his like yeah, fist. And he's not actually wearing the shoes. It's a picture of him. Like he's in the background and the shoes are just there. So there's like, two I guess you imagine them. There's 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 three people that have found prominent success in the WWF and in the UFC. That would be Brock Lesnar, Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey, and Malcolm Lug. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker, as usual. Lug, Tom line, and sinker. Lug, oh, God, all right. <laughs> We're motoring now, mate. We had a slow start. We're motoring now. <sighs> Just some talks about lugs. As I said last week, if... if, if the SmackDown episodes disappear for like a UK-based Peacock service. We can't watch them for a few weeks. This podcast won't really change. <laughs> yeah, but what about all those up-to-date references you make? You're like, um, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're always up to date, aren't we? Yeah, Kate, the reference you just said, Kane Velasquez. Yeah, that was still 10 years ago. <laughs> That's gotta be Kane. <laughs> Kane Velasquez? What are you no. doing? <laughs> oh, hey. That's gotta be Lugs. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's hey, me. Welcome, was... Lugs. Oh, my God. Oh. That's the that's the tie-in. That's the celebrity tie-in. Like, <laughs> welcome welcome to the Malcolm Lug. Uh, welcome to the Malcolm Lug Funfair Drive for charity. Hi, I'm here. And there's Malcolm Lug going, who are you, damn it? Well, I'm Kane. You are. You hired me for the for the for the dunking tank. <laughs> no, I didn't call you. I called Kane. Yeah, that's me, Kane. No, I think he meant me, Kane Velasquez. What are you doing here? <laughs> what that's a mental. mix up! <laughs> and then Lux goes, "No, I didn't call you either." He goes, "You didn't call me. I thought you wanted the greatest Kane." Yes. And then Luke Gallo shows up. <laughs> May 19th. Oh, that's the spirit. <laughs> now get in that tank and get dunked into a can of lugs. I don't think he wanted you either. Michael Caine, what are you oh. doing? <laughs> Not a lot of people know that I'm here. Not a lot of people know that I didn't actually say that. But everyone does it when they do crap impressions of me on boring podcasts. All right. No, I didn't mean you either. You what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want you either. I wanted the 1941 production of The Kane Mutiny, starring Marlon Brando. <laughs> On Blu-ray. Yay! Dunk it! Dunk that Blu-ray! Oh. <laughs> I didn't want you either. <laughs> There's a silence because Blu-rays can't talk, even we have a limit. <laughs> Who I... did you want then? Says someone <laughs> off camera. <laughs> Go on. What have you got, Tom? <laughs> Go and drop oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I've just arrived from Nosgoth. What? Legacy of Cain! <laughs> what are you doing here? I've been reaving Oof. souls. That's fascinating, but I didn't want you either. Bloody hell, how long can you drag this segment out, Matthew and Tom? You'll see. Are you ready? But who else could be named Cain? Oh, sorry I'm late, lads. I was just busy murdering my brother. The original Cain? That's right. The brother lover from another mother. Look, get in the tank and shut up. I didn't want you either. Oh, <laughs> all the other canes just fall on their heads like an anime. <laughs> what? Who? Oh, sorry, I'm late. My bus from Central Country was late. Cane from Promise of Wizard. <laughs> what are you doing here? Are you an obscure anime that Tom just looked up? I was going to say it. Like, yes, everyone's just I like, am. I've not even heard that reference. <laughs> I thought you said Yorkshire and Kane, and everyone was oh, Kane Dingle, of course. <laughs> the Vince McMahon of the, of the Dingles. I don't think... I didn't want you either. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. I'm listening. Fraser Crane! <laughs> oh. Yes, what I haven't explained is I spelt it wrong on the email. <laughs> I actually wanted Fraser Crane. That's gotta be Crane. <laughs> I already have a sitcom. <laughs> hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads. 
unscrambled legs. God. I'm Zach Dingle, and I'm in a rage. <laughs> I want the tits, and I want them into cage. <laughs> Moving on. On Monday Night Raw, uh, it was a triple threat match between Tom, Matthew, and Sanity. I don't want anyway. you either. <laughs> Two hours in the podcast, and we've had one match. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On Raw, it was a triple threat match with Swollen Brain, Angle, China, and Eddie for China's IC title. Angle bonks China with the title and suplexes Angle... What? Eddie out? No, that's not right. Angle bonks China with the title and Eddie suplexes Angle of the ring. That's better, Matthew. Mm -hmm. And goes to check on China. And as he's checking on her, accidentally covers her to win the title. Oh, no. Backstage, Eddie apologizes to China and says she means more than the title and China believes him and hugs him. With the camera zooming in on Eddie's grin. I love this. This was great. And uh, and the segment that comes next is uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. It certainly is, done. But before then, Taz... After the show that bit, Taz says she would be wearing a belt in the kitchen anyway. Ninth wonder of the world, my butt. My (laughs) God. Taz, she would batter you, mate. Sit down. Oh, you stood up. Sorry. (laughs) And earlier today, it turns out China saw that footage that we just saw. Wow. Makes her one of the smartest people in the history of wrestling. (laughs) Eddie doesn't know what China is talking about. That smiles because I was happy to see you. China is very upset and tells Eddie he broke her heart. Eddie says he's turned down friends and family for her. So no, Eddie doesn't need this belt and throws away the icy title i don't need no stinking icy title he doesn't say that uh, he says you were on jay Leno, and there was no mention of eddie you were on third rock from the sun and there was no mention of eddie because she's turned around as a completely different character goes my friend eddie guerrero would look like that it was like what <laughs> oh 
I can think of a sitcom she could be in where we could get that sort of line in. I don't. 2.4 children. <laughs> oh, that'll be it, wouldn't it? Hi, we're aliens from uh, trying to be uh, humans in America. Oh, what if the plot for Thurlow <laughs> My friend Eddie is an alien. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Was this the <laughs> no. 50s? What did you say? <laughs> Good from, I don't remember the Thurlow from the I'm the guy from Jurassic Park, and I'm dating a lovely woman. <laughs> oh, I get to do my impression of Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> who's the guy from Jurassic Park who's in oh uh, Newman uh, uh, yeah Newman's in it oh it's not his name but, but, it, but it's all it. about it's all about John Lithgow who basically yeah. all the stuff he says in it is I can't believe that we're all aliens <laughs> that's basically Third Rock from the Sun <laughs> I think I saw as a kid and I, I had no idea what was happening we're all aliens <laughs> is his name Dickhead <laughs> I played that in the advert and that's all I got from the show possibly yeah, yeah, the guy is always his face is always puckered and he's like I don't understand things and I can't believe that we're all aliens sounds good I anyway, can't believe that this is a crossover I can't believe they've got 10 minutes doing a bloody cane bit on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Eddie then gets angry and screamy and throw stuff around, and it goes from being haha, Eddie's selfish and silly and a bit egotistical and trying to lie to China to pretty awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, I prefer grimy Eddie, not violent to crying China Eddie. And mm. then he leaves, and China's like, I'm sorry, Eddie. Uh, act, act, act. And uh, yeah, it's like, all right, we have less of these every week. That'd be fantastic. After Stefan Triple H's wonderful getting arrested for spousal abuse thing last week. Mm. You know, WF, for kids. <laughs> for the, we're winding it in for the kids. We'll find it to our spouses for the kids. We did it for the people. For the kids. For the kids. Duds show up to the... Where are they at? The bar. They're at the cinematic wrestling match. <laughs> at the cinematic wrestling match, that's right. Uh, because the Fiends and Randy Orton didn't show up to theirs. This Sunday, the Dutch show up the table, and here we go. It's the brawl with easily breakable stools and bottles. And it's over very quickly, and the APA are like, Yeah, drinks are on the house, guys. Woo! And all the fake patrons are like, Yeah, you guys are so likable outside the ring. Whatever. <laughs> You're my favorite customer. Yeah. Nice doggy. Drink some Jack. There was, there was a moment at the start of this where Bubba walks in with the table, and there's a bloke sat at the bar and his and what presumably is his partner or his date is sat next to him. This guy pushes the bloke over. Bubba pushes this guy over. And I don't know whether it was planned or not. I know obviously they said, oh, you stand there and Bubba's going to push you over. But Bubba pushed this guy with such force. He went crashing into the woman behind him and they both fell off their stools. I hope she was all right because we never saw them again. It was, hell of a, it was a hell of a bump she took. She, I can't, I can't imagine that bit had been planned. Yeah, that's why they're so likable. Going exactly. around, pushing people off the stools, being dicks, smashing the place up, and then be like, hey, drinks, guys. <laughs> Boring <laughs> bastards. We cut to Taz and Cole, but Lola appears in the crowd to choke Taz with a leather strap as the crowd goes nuts. Jerry Lola takes his place on commentary as the home audience gets mad. Boo, boo, we want Taz, they yell at the TV, but no one could hear them. Boo. I like this bit with Jerry Lawler. 
Lawler's been great in this feud with Taz. Like it's revitalized him. Yes, I'm, I am sad I that it means. I am sad that it means that Taz is now off commentary because he's he's played a blinder all night. What was, was your say, favorite yeah. moment of the Taz commentary? Pretty much every time you went, why did they pay you, Cole? <laughs> but you're right, though. Lola looks great here, being revitalized. That's fantastic. I thought the entire point was for Lola, the part-time commentator, to put over Taz. I think we got a bit lost here. They go, wow, Lola looks great. Let's push him. And Taz is like, no, no, you bastards. <laughs> That's right, Taz. You can be a commentator. No, that wasn't the point of this. Yeah, well, Jim Ross got his revenge on you. People like him. He's getting a push now. <laughs> He's challenged for the IC title next week because of you. Uh, Michael Cole's got that hot European title feud going on now because of you. Taz, you're doing so good. <laughs> Taz is just great at putting people over. Taz, can you stand up when you're talking to me? Oh, God, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> mate. Sorry. It's tires. <laughs> it's tires. On Raw, uh, Test says, Payback and your wife have one thing in common. They're coming soon. I've got neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> me, and, me and Tom trying to both run for the same point right now. So what were you going to say, Tom? No, yours is better, mate. Uh, I've got neither. <laughs> payback, your wife, and level three of Doom 64 got one thing in common. Neither are happening to me. <laughs> So it's Test and Albert versus Triple H in a handicap match. What's the handicap? The answer is Test. <laughs> test destroys. Yeah. Oh, Albert sorry. is lumbered with Test. Yes. <laughs> Literally chained to Test. <laughs> this, is, this is my punishment. The reward is after 10 years of service, I'll become a trainer at, <laughs> in a developmental camp. Yeah. Remove the. the- <laughs> the shackles. The shackles of test. Woohoo! And attach the shackles of NXT. Oh. <laughs> put test back on. <laughs> yeah. Triple H destroys test. And I put in brackets here, shocker. But Albert comes in and takes apart one half of Team NXT. Oh, yeah, we just said that joke. Triple H works from underneath the whole match. And I guess we're supposed to be cheering him. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Huh. Trish gets a bigger pop for interfering than for anything Triple H does in this handicap match. So Test grabs Steph and threatens to powerbomb her. So Kurt Angle makes the save. He ropes Stunners Albert right into a Triple H pedigree. Well done, Kurt. No, really. Are we supposed to be cheering Triple H here? I don't know. <laughs> Let's ask Tom. Hey, Tom, you're here. Well, they are starting to turn Triple H into a baby face. Into what? Oh. <laughs> into a face. For, because Instead of keys. Because of reasons. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, um, but there is, because we've got this angle Triple H thing still bubbling over, and there's just this random belief within the office that a babyface Triple H will get over. And that's kind of where we're going. And it's weird because it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite line up yet the way it's supposed to with Triple H as as a fully fledged face. It's a weird one. It is. It is. But it's all building to that hot conclusion at Unforgiven. Sponsored by RC Edge Maximum Power Cola. It's not just Unforgiven. It's Super Unforgiven. <laughs> it's WrestleMania Unforgiven. Oh, no. 
Because that's and the, the next thing month, they do now. Unforgiven backlash. <laughs> God. China and Dog are talking backstage, and crazy, angry Eddie sees it and wants to know if China will be in his corner or Road Dog's corner. Dun dun dun. Backstage, in a different part of the backstage, Triple H doesn't want Kurt's help with anything. He had that match in control. Jesus Christ, Kurt. On my own. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, Kurt. It was test. How could I go backstage and look confident when you defeat in a test match? Bloody hell. Kurt's like, oh, you know what, mate? I didn't think about that. Sorry. Yeah. And they shake hands and they never feud again. <laughs> They're united over their, their awareness of test. You know, last month I was feuding with The Rock and now I, I need your help to beat Test. Because, <laughs> you know what, I, I, don't, I don't hate you that much, Triple H. I would never do that to you. Anyway, Steph says, what about when Test was going to powerbomb me? How were you in control of the match then? And Triple H just goes, don't go there. <laughs> well, well, she did. <laughs> Response? Yeah. Tri- Triple H, the baby face. <laughs> Check out my melody. <laughs> Road Dog is here to talk about Latino heat, reminding Eddie that China is me familiar. So come on out and let's get locos. Yes, that's all the Spanish I know as well, Road Dog. Competitive match ends with China grabbing Road Dog's leg and then reversing Dog's small package so Eddie can win. She's clearly conflicted at ringside because Road Dog is a long-term friend. But she just loves Eddie. I don't think she she's apolog- con- I don't think she's that conflicted. Like she just seemed quite resigned. To the fact that she was there to support Eddie. Oh, okay. Well, nothing you know, else. She's such a good actor. Maybe you know, go back. And... <laughs> she looked blank, and I thought that was the point. But maybe now I think about it, that might not have been the plan. No, but in like uh, the fourth scene she's in on Third Rock from the Sun, she does that <laughs> same face when she's conflicted if she should call the guy Newman because he was in Seinfeld or the guy in Jurassic Park who gets the stuff comforted. <laughs> To which John Lithgow went, I can't believe that we're all aliens and you look conflicted. And the guy who plays Newman in Seinfeld is like, Jesus Christ, I've been acting for 30 years. Why are you still calling me Newman from Seinfeld? <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm still called Newman in Seinfeld. See, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, didn't say the magic word, which is Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> which is lungs. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, China apologises to Dog afterwards, and Eddie attacks Dog, so China has to stop him. Eddie agrees and then leaves, but then, nah, turns around and hits Road Dog the title anyway. It then pushes China down to carry on attacking Dog, and China still leaves with her. What a truly miserable turn of events. It really is, isn't it? Yes. As long as it leads to China beating the shite out of him. Which yes. is what I'm hoping we bleed, we lead to. Yeah, otherwise it's just like, okay. Yeah, otherwise it's just an uncomfortable storyline. Yeah. Like, grimy Eddie being like, I didn't mean to accidentally pin you for the title. That's fantastic. Like, trying to show a semi-realistic soap opera depiction of spousal abuse and people mm. being in relationships they shouldn't be in. It's like, I don't want to watch this. Sort of aggressive, gaslighty Eddie is quite uh, yeah. awkward. As long as China ends up beating him up, that's yes. fine. We're hoping for that. If only a friend of China's is close to returning to help her out with a new gimmick and some new music. <laughs> That's right. 
X-Pac. <laughs> Look at all that I've smoked. <laughs> Not to make a blind man pee. <laughs> God, God took all the drugs from you and gave them all, all to, to me. me. <laughs> On occasion, my reflection... Makes me think there's someone else in the room. Because I've got it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've smoked them all. Yeah. I've smoked them all. Hey, I can't wait for us to talk about that music. And talk about the the return in general. One of the most underrated WWF themes. It I gotta truly tell you. is. It truly I mean, I know is. he had big big tights to fill after doing Mr. Ass, but <laughs> I, I'm a fan of uh, the one theme. Can we keep Mr. Ass, but without any references to Ass? <laughs> that's that's the reference that Jim Johnston had. That's the memo he had on his yeah. desk one morning. Um, okay. We don't want to add anything to the character. We just want to take away the bits about him having an arse. Don't add, subtract. Yeah. I suppose the original thing where they went to Mr. Ass theme and says, you know Goldfinger? He says, yes. He, that, but instead of gold, <laughs> it's ass. <laughs> All right. He loves only ass. He loves only ass. <laughs> ass finger. Oh. He's the man. But the don't man let him the... in. Oh. <laughs> We've got some time to kill, so here's two cool losing again to PTC. Hey, keep it at the front of this. I was going to say, yeah, here we go. We get a clip of Val Venus getting kidnapped. <laughs> And we haven't seen him since. <laughs> How can we possibly keep SmackDown going without this? I figure, I figure if we'd, pa- as that was happening, Val v- so Val Venus is shown getting smuggled into a white van and driven away. I can't help but feel that if the camera pad to the right, there'd have been like a Willy Wonka-esque character going, oh no, wait, stop, come back. <laughs> Please don't, don't kidnap him. Please stop. <laughs> oh no, did you see that? See what? <laughs> a popular WWF wrestler just got kidnapped. <gasps> Albert's not been kidnapped, has he? <laughs> no, no. It, um, Another the one. The other guy. No, no, not not him. Test. No, 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 no. The other. Um, oh, he was really big last year, and now he's not. Taz. No, no. Um, <laughs> Taz has never been big. <laughs> yeah, he's never been big. You know, just in a. In his brain. Four um, hours later, and they're like, "Look, he he's in the company. Oh, yeah. He's Who been there the for guy? ages." Kerwin Silfies? No, not Kerwin Silfies. Just um, Joe? No, just... no, not just Joe. Mike in accounting? No, it's not Mike in accounting. BB? No, no. I remembered BB. Believe me. <laughs> well, I've named everybody. I can't think of a single no, person. You know, it's been four hours. He's probably dead. Let's go get some RC Maximum Power Cola and some lugs and forget about it. <laughs> Hey, there's a bar nearby where the Dudleys just show up and be dicks. Ah, oh, sounds nice. Let's go there. So they're going full on into the brainwashing aspect of the, the RTC. Uh, Cole welcomes Russian viewers as SmackDown is now broadcast there. I'm sure they're cheering for the censorship, guys. 
Oof. That was a good line. I might be that one. <laughs> Could they have reintroduced the character at this point for the Russian audience? I guess RTC. But um, is there a character they could have introduced at this point? I'm trying to think if there's anybody in the wings at this point from that sort of neck of the woods. Because <laughs> we're about six years off from Vladimir Kozlov at this point. Mm. Nikolai Volkov. I mean, he's only a, he's a sprightly 68 at this point. So <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the, 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 uh, oh, let's see. Oh, him. <laughs> that's not me doing an impression of the uh, Soviet Union. Actually. That's his impression. <laughs> he sung it every week and he never sung it properly. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I was wrong about this match. I thought it'd be a quick thing, but no, this is a really hot match with a sweet finish because the crowd love too cool, even if they are losers. As Tukul land the hip-hop drop, Bull Buchanan lands the scissors kick on Brian, but the referee gets distracted by the good father, so Rikishi gets revenge for earlier by leg-dropping Bull for Tukul to get a tag win. Good God, mark it on your calendars. It happened. <laughs> Hooray, and it's over, um... It's over our boys RTC, who seem to be taking quite a few losses at the moment, don't they? They'll get used to it. AP and the Duds are shown drinking together after bleeding together. Ah, they're just good old-fashioned fighting men. Oh, here's Kai and Tai. The tiny Japanese men who can't handle their drink appear and get smashed by the Yanks. Uh, USA, USA, America, we are men. (laughs) And other platitudes. Hey, can we, we drink too? We did pay you last week to do something for us. I mean, do we have any... Like... No, bugger off! No, Pearl Harbor, drink! <laughs> it's like, what the hell? The only thing we drink is freedom and beer. Mainly beer. Yeah, everyone knows Japanese wrestlers can't handle their drink. No, no, that's a misconception. We love drinking because drugs are incredibly frowned upon in Japanese society. You know this, JPL. You did a tour with WAR in 95 where you were death mask. USA! Drink, drink, drink! You don't even go here! Where's this coming from? Hello, I go here. (laughs) Just popping by, I had to pick up some stuff for Linda. Oh, hello, Kane. Oh, hey, we having some drinks? I'll have a stout. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with it. <laughs> the music just stops. Stout. Oh, okay, I'll have a... Oh, can I have one of these drinks here? That looks nice. A Dr. Oort. What? A Dr. Oort. That looks nice. I'll have one of those. Where are you looking? There! A Dr. Oort. Draft. Yes! <laughs> Dr. Ort! It's a good joke, that. Yeah, it works when it's written down. Sharp! Yeah. You were saying... Usha! Usha! There's a draft. Oh, I thought it was cold. <laughs> Give us one of them guinoise. Kane, I've told you before, real men drink real drinks like... Bud Light. <laughs> Maybe you'd like a shot, like a fireball. No! <laughs> Not that again! I don't like fireballs. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think I meant? Smackdown, your vote. 
and something about we've issued a challenge to George W. Bush and Al Gore to talk on SmackDown and have Jesse Ventura bought. What the hell was this? Oh, this is just one of these things that WWF did to try and uh, they they wanted. It thing is, it doesn't matter the fact they don't accept. It's just the fact that WWF want to be seen to be doing it. So they laid out the challenge to Al Gore and George W. Bush. They sent they sent memos to their offices and everything. Uh, you'd be surprised to know this doesn't quite pan out the way they're hoping, but they just want to be seen to be doing it because even even Bush and Gore not turning up is a win for them because they can go, they were too scared to come and see you. They're hoping, are the WWF, that one will call the other's bluff. Because WWF have banged on for ages about this massive fan base that they've got that wants to vote for you. And they're hoping that George Bush might turn up and Al Gore won't. So therefore all the WWF people go, yay, vote for George Bush. Because apparently like wrestling fans are like the kids that followed the Pied Piper into the mountain. And apparently there's this hope that if one turns up, they'll get all the votes. And what happened is neither turned up <laughs> ever because they were never going to. We've issued a challenge to the chick from Survivor and the other chick from Survivor. <laughs> if they show up, Jesse Ventura will moderate. Like, okay. It's weird because they are genuinely mainstream popular still at this period. But them still doing this like, thing is completely above even what they're achieving right now. Mm -hmm. The presidential candidates for the country of America to come into SmackDown... <laughs> Wait, 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 you're not... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Maybe they'll show up on the XFL debut show, but, you know, they're not going to show up to this. Anyway, no one cares. Uh, Undertaker versus Angle is next, as the crowd loves Undy. Angle bounces for him as Undertaker calls for old school and does the rope walk, which I think is the first time we've seen that on SmackDown. Uh, I was trying to think whether it was. I think, obviously, it's, it's a movie sad forever, but whether or not it's called the references the old school... Uh, yeah. Quite possibly. Like a, like watching an anime in the night, you have to yell out the name as they're doing it. Old school! <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Benoit interferes for the DQ, so Triple H evens the odds, and the crowd is wild as Undertaker gives Benoit a last ride. Yeah, Benoit and Undertaker did pretty well here whenever they were in the ring together. Yeah, I think they had a nice little bit of chemistry. We'll see this again at Unforgiven, hopefully. Yeah. Steph is, Steph is mad with Triple H attacking Kurt because Kurt helped her. Triple H doesn't give a damn because he'll do what he wants because he's a He-Man woman hater club member. <laughs> Steph is still mad. Steph will always be mad. Steph is mad at babyface Triple H, the sexiest <laughs> man in all of WWF. <laughs> but don't let any of that distract you from the main event, which is Steve Austin calls from his home. Like he's great Carly for the Hall of Fame. And would you believe it? Not only Steve Austin gracing us with his presence on SmackDown, kind of, but also that deer on the wall yeah! is there as well. That's the ultimate comeback for me. The deer on the wall of Steve Austin's house. The one that may or may not be running things secretly. <laughs> and Steve Austin graces us with his presence dressed as trees. <laughs> I couldn't see him. Yeah, I couldn't see his head. head. Just a head floating. I love camo gear in the. I love camo gear in the living room. Yeah, no wonder they didn't see him coming. Oh, I love. Yeah, look at that flying head. <laughs> oh shit! It's a flying head. Leg it, lads. 
Lads, what does this mean? Bang. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. that again. We keep falling for it. It's a floating... Oh. It's, a, it's a floating head with a gun. It's one of two things. Yeah. It's Steve Austin or Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> this means tonic trouble for you. Hey! Oof. God, what an underrated game. What Test underrated somewhere game. sobbing going, I can't believe you take them on one thing. This is the only thing I had. You're now doing more Valvinus jokes than Test yeah. jokes. Am I a joke to you? We've, yes, yeah. you always were. Yeah, exactly where you are. We've moved on. Uh, but yeah. I like with this bit how Steve Austin starts facing the wrong way because he's done it for effect. So when he turns around, everyone goes, Him again! But it just looks like, it just looks like he's facing the wrong way. <laughs> like he thinks the camera's behind him. Uh, I don't think it was that. I think it reminded me of every FMV game sequence in the 90s. Like, they all have to do that. Uh, Raiden, <laughs> the Thunder God, here you are in my domain. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't think of what to do here, so we turned. Ooh, it's me. <laughs> Austin announces he's coming for the guy who ran him over. And if they don't admit who did it, he'll go through the entire roster. And he hopes God has mercy in his soul because Austin ain't got any. Crowd, yeah! Austin's going to kill somebody! Yay! Yeah. Austin's going to shut down all the pushes of talent that we've had in his absence. Back, shows up because back down you affected. go! <laughs> I'll be dandy as hell! I got used to it thanks to Big Show. Fuck Austin. <laughs> Kane now Kane no longer talks like a monster in our oppression. He talks like a useless dad. <laughs> a bad dad. I had 2.4 push. Where are the kids? In the oven. Oh, not again, Kane. Why'd you keep leaving them there? They <laughs> Why would he put the kids in the oven? I put Again, the, I, apparently. <laughs> I took the, an episode. I took the lasagna into bed and put the kid in the <laughs> Now, Kane, I've told you before, I don't mind lasagna in bed. <laughs> but kids in the oven's a bad thing. <laughs> right, let me write that down, Linda. Lasagna bed, bad. Kids oven, bad. Oh, my God. Less bad. Does that mean... Oh, I better do it again. Less bad. <laughs> I love that you go through your, your little file of facts of crazy sitcom scenarios and you came up with kids in the oven. <laughs> and what that happened in an episode of Dad's for the, Army? Put the lasagna in the bed and kids in the oven. Okay, now I told you, military defence is fine, the home guard. Uh, invading Poland, <laughs> bad. Oh, Linda. That was Poland. a whole afternoon's work. <laughs> it's got to be really awkward when I go and say sorry about that. <laughs> I've used up all our nice paper. <laughs> How about you go and apologise to Poland and I eat the lasagna? <laughs> I'll just get it out of the oven. Oh, no! Oh, this is horrible. Oh. <laughs> Looks nothing like this, Anya. It tastes like children. It tastes like our children. 
This is getting dark, even uh. by the standards of Colonel XB. <laughs> Colonel XB got to this point, the podcast was like, oh, I can't edit this, really. Can I? <laughs> XB's like, oh, week off for me. <laughs> Let me just click the cross in the corner. Would you like to save your project? And he selects no. Nope. <laughs> God, no. The third option. And then he gets into bed where there's a lasagna under his pillow. How did they know? <laughs> Watch out. The lasagna fairy will come and give you a quid for your... God. Which wrestler is going to play the lasagna <laughs> Any member of gangrene. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, Chuck Palumbo. You are the lasagna Hey, kid. Oh. Come to take that lasagna. Now, how does the lasagna fairy transport transport the lasagna? Does the lasagna fairy take it in the, the Pyrex dish that it's cooked in and then bring it back later? Or pour the lasagna into a carrier bag oh. and leave the Pyrex dish where they found it? Putting a lasagna into a carrot. Tom, you can tell it's been a long week for you. <laughs> does he get? Does a lasagna fairy in brackets played by Chuck Palombo of Gangrene? Um, does he scrape the lasagna out in his Tesco carrier bag before he flies off? Or does he? Does he make Sean Stasiak do that first, and then does he? No, Sean Stasiak cleans the bowl. Mark above average opens the window. Hey! <laughs> And uh, Sean O'Hare does the swan, the sh- Sean Torn bomb. <laughs> Into the lasagna. Wee. Colonel XB, make it. <laughs> Colonel XB has just deleted his Twitter account. Thanks, John. Bob. Make it. <laughs> A five pence piece for whoever makes that. A shiny copper coin. <laughs> the creation oh. of the lasagna fairy. <laughs> Backstage, The Rock attacks Edge and Christian by bagging them off the RC Maximum Power Cola machine as Edge yells, yeah, so does rule. That's great, that is. You know the thing about that is they get ready for the match, but Edge is out because he's not maximum enough. So Christian has a new partner. You'll never believe who it is. Oh, my God. Who is it? Mav, tell us. Da, 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 da. That's gonna be Kane. Yeah. No, it actually is Kane. Just in case people thought we were talking crap. <laughs> oh, I'm here and I've and I've brought my Bible and I've I've brought some communion wine. What would you bring that for? Well, I was told I was hanging out with a Christian. No, no, Christian's the wrestler, Kane. Did I tell you about the lasagna fairy? <laughs> I've lost a carrier bag, but they've left the Pyrex dish. <laughs> What's that got to do with our match? We need to talk strategy, you goof. Do yes. I've <laughs> got any lasagna. You know, me and you, Christian, have a lot in common. Oh, how's that? Well, you are a Christian, and Kane is in the Bible, and we both eat lasagna out of our beds. <laughs> I think our tag title reign will be beautiful. (laughs) Am I the new Edge? That awesome knee rigs. (laughs) Can I be Edge? (laughs) On this day, 
What was that mean? <laughs> it's just it's your theme song, but later. <laughs> no, you, you could be Edge on this day if you want. Yeah. Oh uh, no. no! 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 That, that Edge is theme song. It's theme song in the in the in the in the time to come. <laughs> what like uh-huh. Christian that looking thing. around nervously? Like, oh no! <laughs> hey, close your eyes. Oh, why would I close my eyes? It's your theme song in TNA. What's the TNA? It's with Test and Albert. I joined. I joined Test and Albert. No, not that TNA. It's the the wrestling company. Test and Albert's not a wrestling company. No. Oh, well, one of them's in it, but he's called the Punisher. For just just for a bit. Yeah. Isn't that quite litigious because of the comic character? Yeah, it was actually. Now you it, say that. It was, but thankfully no one watched TNA, so it was all right. <laughs> they got away with it. But you're okay. in that. Why would I want to go to that? Well, you just do. <laughs> and you fight Jeff Jarrett. I could do that here. No, you can't, because, you know. <laughs> Does Edge come with me? No, he's, he stays here. And he, and, he, and he carries a briefcase around. What, like IRS? Yeah, I think like IRS. I think, I think he becomes IRS. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't pay Edge, that much attention. And then Edge becomes IRS. That's how it works. I just, I just seem to remember that he was IRS and... He, and one day, <laughs> one day, uh, John Cena got a load of jam on his face, and then he became IRS. I think. Uh huh. So if you become Edge, and I and uh, Edge becomes IRS, who yes. do I become? Ugly. <laughs> you can be Billy Gunn if you want. Yeah. Not... <laughs> I've just made it complicated. Because <laughs> then, who could Billy Gunn be when he gets back? I've made a I've made a mess of this. I should start again. Right, so I'll, I'll get be a edge. pen. <laughs> get a pen. I'll be Edge. <laughs> Christian, you can be Billy Gunn. Yeah. Billy Gunn. Who's on you... first? <laughs> Who's on? <laughs> Who's on fire? That's a good joke. That. That'll uh, be me. That'll uh-huh, be very funny. Always on fire. Lols. Uh-huh. Uh, flame, flame, flame. <laughs> Taz can be uh, short. Uh, Chuck Palumbo's lasagna fairy. Ah, Billy Gunn could be Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> we solved the mystery. Good night. Play the theme right, song. Christian's there going to rock. Look, just, just pin us. Just, just pin us. I need to get out of here as soon as possible. He is not well. Kane and I like the rock because he's Kane as Christian watches. Probably dumbfounded as to what to do after that segment. <laughs> Uh, the Rock has to bop Kane with the ring bell and just as he's recovered Christian gets him on the outside and rolls him up Kane cuts off the people's elbow for the choke slam very beautiful spot here one two Christian breaks it up the fiend reverse DT on the Rock and Kane breaks that up robbing us of Christian as champion in 2000 Kane attacks Christian Edge saves his brother from attack by Kane and Christian tries to use the belt on Rock but if he gets the lessons learned by Al Snow he realizes that doesn't work on the Rock for mid-carders. So Rock counters to retain his title, but not win the tag titles, because the champs weren't in it, which angers Kane into chokeslamming the Rock through the announce table and keeping Kane in the title picture. No thanks to Big Show, fat bastard. <laughs> what do you think the main event, Tom? Ah, uh, solid, I thought. Nice to see Christian getting in there with, uh, with the Rock. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, good to see Kane getting amongst it. Giving Rock something to do. Rock's heading towards Unforgiven, where he'll face... Uh, I'm trying to remember what his match is for. Oh, it's a four-way, isn't it? It hasn't been booked yet, I think. Yes. 
Yes, because they still don't have a number one contender. Mm. I think maybe the Ben Martin's take a thing was for that, but they didn't really go into it more. But the thing is, there's no number one contender. There's just a bunch of doylums looking for something to do. And you know what? That's always a good way to have a four-way match at a lesser pay-per-view like Unforgiven. <laughs> so I rather like this episode of SmackDown. What was something that you remembered, Tom? Now, from this episode, I I remembered the awkwardness of the Eddie and China stuff. Like how aggressive that was all of a sudden. And this, the, the, the dark corner that story took. But I remember as a young man watching this thinking, I'm waiting for China to beat Eddie Guerrero up. And that was kind of how I was invested in it, which I hope was where they were going. Well, what did you remember, sir? See, I'll do that bit for the bit I forgot. I forgot this all this happened. Oh. Like, uh, uh, Eddie's a bastard stuff and he's awkward. It's like, I don't really want to watch this. I don't remember that. So that was a shocker for me. What was something I remembered from this episode? I remember Edge and Christian replaying that segment over and over again. And I thought that was hilarious the first time I saw it. And just as funny, the most recent time I saw it. So what was something that you forgot, Tom? I forgot that Taz was on commentary. I for- Obviously, I knew he was on oh, commentary in general. Yeah, that's, that's a good but one. I forgot that this was his debut. And I forgot how bloody good he was. Like, what a revelation he was doing the comms here. And so, as I said earlier, so good that he probably talked himself out of a longer wrestling career in the WWF. And they went, put him on commentary, play to his strengths. He's a great talker. He gets stuff over. He's funny to listen to. Stick him on there. You'd be a bit gutted if you came in wanting to wrestle and beat up the world, but you're just so good as a commentator, they're going to sit you behind the desk. Do you think so? He was too. He worked himself into a shoot, as they like to say. I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I think he gets no, a lot of No, I don't think he's either, but it's just... Again, if you saw Taz in ECW and see him here, it's like watching Marco Kokop go from pride to ufc he's so great he's so great lose 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 oh okay well he was that's true that's it it's, it's that sorry same it's thing. like saying it's like playing yoshi uh super mario world 2 and then playing yoshi <laughs> ah, story get that there we go <laughs> i get that that's fine now i hear you on that i hear you on that i really do next week what's happening next week on smackdown we're getting closer to unforgiven um next week am i right i'm gonna have a little quick look so i'm gonna double check because i'm sure that we get more rock edge and christian based shenanigans on smackdown yeah they have been going at it for a while i know they're in the mix for it i know we get a stare down between the rock and the undertaker next week and the main event Ah, right. So next week, the main event. Actually, Edge and Christian don't do anything with them. I thought they did. The main event, The Rock and The Undertaker, are forced to team up against a popular tag team. And we discover the fate of Val Venus. Also, mm-hmm. Test will be there to keep this, keep this <laughs> podcast alive. <laughs> and until that time, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> That's not the cane I meant. What? Kane Dingle, what are you doing here? You should be on Emmerdale. Love you, bye. Ha <laughs> ha
and scene. <laughs> and what a scene it was. What Bloody a hell. scene it was, mate. That was a lovely episode. Thank you for your time today. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.